episode of eight. Oh yeah, my last one wasn't technically an episode. So no, just... it was seven and three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, we're going to be doing chapters eight and nine from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Eight, I believe, is called Potions Master, and nine is Midnight Jewel. Sick. Okay, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing the summary and analysis of chapters eight and nine of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I literally just said that. Anyways, can you join me with us? Sure. So during his first few weeks at Hogwarts, Harry struggles to get used to his unfamiliar surroundings. Everyone talks about him and, sh- and sh- shares, shares when he passes here. Share. <laughs> shares and stares when he passes, and he feels uncomfortable with all the attention. All of his classes are interesting, except for the history of magic, which is taught by a ghost, and is devastatingly boring. He also is a bit. That'd be so cool. Disappointing. Taught by ghost. Yeah, I mean, like, who wouldn't want to be taught by ghost? Yeah, you can just throw things at them. No, <laughs> just go straight through them. them. <laughs> right. He's also a bit disappointed by Defense Against the Dark Arts, in which Professor Quirrell seems to focus more on protecting himself from vampires and teaching the students jinxes and counter jinxes. There are numerous rumours about the reason that Professor Quirrell's old odd-smelling tavern. Fred and George Weasley insistently stuffs it with cloves of garlic, so he's protected whenever he goes. Hello? <laughs> Harry is also revealed to discover <laughs> that, that many of the other first year students are just as ignorant about magic as he is. They don't, they don't know that he's got like a murderer in his head. <laughs> Who would? Who would suspect that you had like this, this old, presumably dead murderer glued to his head? <laughs> So, during their first transfiguration class, Hermione is the only student who is able to transform her match into a needle. The rest of the students fail just as miserably as Harry does. Ooh, harsh. How sad. (laughs) During his first potions class, Harry learns that he was not imagining things when he saw Professor Snape giving him a malignant... I don't know how to say that word. Bad. A naughty look. A naughty, a cheeky look. (laughs) (laughs) A cheeky look. Harry does not know why the teacher truly seems to hate him. He mocks Harry as the new celebrity at Hogwarts and then humiliates him. I wouldn't care. I'm really a celebrity. Put some yeah. sunglasses on. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> Is that a bad thing now, Snape? <laughs> you want to square up? <laughs> you want to fight? Okay. You must have Hagrid's heart. Um. Well, he humiliates him for being able to answer detailed questions about magic. What? Or being oh, and unable. Then humiliates him for being unable to answer detailed questions about magical words. Mine is being a student who knocks. Who knocks? Who knocks? <laughs> knocks. Who knows the answer to Snape's question? But Snape refuses to call on her. He finally docks Gryffindor several points for Harry's inability to answer his questions. I just want to say at the beginning of the chapter it says, There, look, where? Next to the tall kid with red hair. That's how they would describe Ron. Wearing glasses. Do you see that? His face. Do you see his face? Do you see his face? Did you see his face? Did you see his scar? I swear, in the films, it's the Harry taller than Ron. He gets like, like there's like huge growth spurt during the Yeah. He's like, oh my. And then a third, just like, why? 
<laughs> it's like a tree. <laughs> yeah. After the unpleasant class ends, Harry and Ron go to visit Hagrid in his cottage on the outskirts of the Forbidden Forest. Har- Hagrid- Harry tells Hagrid about their potion medicine, but Hagrid insists that Harry must be exaggerating. Exaggerating because Professor Snape would have no reason to hate him. Yet Harry can't help but notice that Hagrid does not seem to meet his eyes when he's telling him this. While at the cottage, Harry Harry notices a paper clipping from the Daily Prophet that, de- that details a break in at, at Gringotts. Harry realizes that the break in took place on his birthday, and wonders if the mysterious package in Vault Seven. 113 had anything to do with it. Harry and Ron leave the cottage and Harry is still wondering about the small package and Snape's hatred for him. Harry di- Harry dis- Harry's dislike of Draco Malfoy gradually increases until he realises that he hates Malfoy more, even more than Dudley. Thus, Harry is upset to learn that the first year's year students from Gryffindor and Slytherin will be taking flying lessons together. Harry knows absolutely nothing about flying, let alone Quidditch, and he is nervous about humiliating himself in front of Malfoy, who is constantly boasting about his own flying experience. Neville is equally nervous and flying about uh, equally nervous about flying lessons, and has been explicitly forbidden from flying at his house by his grandmother. I just wanted to see when is Harry Potter's birthday. It's July. Yeah. 31st of July. So, 1980. So, who's that? Sick. No, Matt and Harry Potter. <laughs> Anyways, um, is it your turn now? Is that? Yeah. Okay, so, the morning of a flying lesson, Neville receives a package from home that contains a rememberable. A glass sphere that turns crimson if the owner has forgotten something. As Neville holds up the remember, remember, the ball, the magical ball, <laughs> the ball, the magical ball. <laughs> Malfoy walks by and snatches it. Harry and Ron instantly jump up, hoping for an excuse to fight Malfoy. Malfoy, 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 Malfoy. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. The rest of them are going to go intervene before they can get a chance and orders Malfoy to return the room. What are they going to do? Malfoy's got Crab and Goyo and you've got you and Ron. <laughs> what are you going to do? That's somebody who sits there reading a book. Actually, they don't really fancy the mind, No. Yeah, it um, kind of at, like starts in your opinion. Friendship blossoms into a beautiful thing. Beautiful flower. Friendship <laughs> flower. <laughs> Friendship flower with Harry Potter. Yes. Okay, so during the afternoon flying lesson, Madame Hooch coaches students on mounting their brooms and rising a few feet above the ground. <laughs> um, Neville accidentally pushes off his broomstick too hard and flies 20 feet into the air before falling off his broom and breaking his wrist. I'm so bad with this. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> just, I Madame Hooch takes Neville to the hospital wing and orders the rest of her students to remain grounded during her absence. As soon as she is out of earshot, Malfoy begins mocking Neville and picks up his rememberal, which had fallen out of his pocket during his fall. Ooh. Ooh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Lombard? Cheeky. Naughty boy. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> Harry tells Malfoy to return the rememberal, but Malfoy merely smirks and flies up to yes. his nearest. Malfoy's going to listen to me, Potter. How do you smirk? It's like, 
Haha. 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 The smile that's bigger on one side than the other side. That'd be a very nice smirk. Um, forgetting Madame Hitch's orders, Harry quickly mounts his broom and flies after Malfoy, surprising himself as much as the other students with his flying. <laughs> he makes that sound effect always fine. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. 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 It's plain. No, it's me. <laughs> no, it's me. Harry Potter. <laughs> and I. You should, you should love me. Love me. Love me. So good for flying. It's a bird. It's a bird. Anyways. I love that meme. I've got 99. I'm almost be a snitch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where was I? I have no idea. Uh, uh, my voice still refuses to give Harry the m- remember all and throws and throws what towards the ground. And throws and towards throws what? <laughs> throws himself. Throws <laughs> suicide. Um, Harry leans into a steep dive and catches a remember a foot from the ground. He is amazed, amazed by the sheer. Sh- oh my god! He's amazed. happy, but he um, when he's on a broomstick and he wonders at this gift. Wonders. Oh, wonders. How am I gifted? I am gifted. Why am I gifted? Okay, so then Professor McGonagall arrives, screaming Harry's name. Harry Potter! Harry Potter! What the hell are you doing, Harry Potter? She orders her to, him to follow her, and Harry expects to be expelled. Yeah, instead of punishing Harry, um, Professor McGonagall introduces him to Oliver Wood. Hello, I love that line in the slime. What line in the book? Where he's like, where he's wondering if Wood is a kid. Yeah, I'm right here. I was gonna do it. It's like, um, Professor McGonagall stepped, stopped outside a classroom. She opened the door and poked her head inside. Excuse me, Professor Flitwick, could I borrow Wood for a moment? Wood thought Harry bewildered was Wood a cane she was gonna <laughs> use on him, but Wood turned out to be a person, a burly fifth-year boy who came out of Flitwick, Flitwick's class, looking confused. Follow me, you two, said Professor McGonagall, and they marched on the corridor. Up, on, what? As they marched. Uh, on up the corridor. We're looking curiously at Harry. In here. Okay. Where were we? On the wood. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, it was there. Oh, okay. Yeah, instead of punching. Wait, yeah, I did that. Did instead I? of punching. <laughs> instead <laughs> of punching <laughs> Harry. Which I would do. First, we're going to go introduce him to Oliver Wood, a fifth year student and captain of Gryffindor team. Quidditch team, I mean. Professor McGonagall tells Wood about Harry's amazing 50-foot dive to retrieve and remember all, and, and Wood offers Harry the position of a seeker on the Gryffindor. Okay, so surely there was a seeker before that if they could still play. I wonder who they had to kick off to let Harry go in. No, they haven't. They wasn't, eh? Because I, there was probably someone who was in seventh year, then they left because this Quidditch season hadn't started yet. Oh. Because they were like, they had like a few weeks to train him up, and then Quidditch season started. <laughs> train him up. Train him yeah. up. <laughs> Lock him in a shed. How's that? Wait, what? I didn't know how I was in Lock him in a shed. <laughs> Training you up. Lock you in a shed. Lock you in a shed. <laughs> I don't know where I was even going with that. Okay, so, um. At dinner, and. I thought I said elastic. Elastic, elastic Harry. <laughs> Ecstatic Harry tells one about joining the Gryffindor team. See, this is where Ron's jealousy starts. I don't think Ron actually ever liked Harry. Neither. I think he was more with Harry for Hermione. Yeah. Just using him for fame and money and other hats and stuff. Hats? I don't know. I love hats. (laughs) (laughs) No, what are those things called? Like, monoculars. 
uh, binoculars, but they're um, in the fourth one. Omnioculars. Omni om omnioculars. Just something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just using him for omnioculars. Anyway, your turn. Just go. Just go for it. Okay. Um. Okay, so he's the youngest Quidditch player in the century. So Fred and George come over and introduce themselves to the beaters of Gryffindor team. Ralph Wayne is gang. Gang. <laughs> Ralph Wayne is gang. Me and my gang. <laughs> also come over to Harry and Ron. Surprised that Harry hasn't been expelled. As some tensions grow. Tension. Ralph. Tension. Ralph challenges Harry to a midnight wizard's duel in the trophy room. Harry does not know what wizard's duel is, but he accepts him. Oh, I love that. He's like, what's a wizard duel? But I accept. Ron's like, I'll be your second. And he's like, what's a second? In case you die. <laughs> In case you die. Um, okay. At 11.30, Harry and Ron start to sneak out of Gryffindor Tower to meet Malfoy. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> Just as they're able to go through the portrait hole, they're surprised by Hermione Granger, who scolds them for risk for risking Gryffindor points for being out of bed after curfew. Harry and She's out. <laughs> Harry and Ron ignore her, and much to their annoyance, she follows them. On their way, the trio runs... The trio, that was when you first hear the word trio. Runs into Nevo. Nevo! Nevo! <laughs> Nevo! <laughs> who has forgotten the Gryffindor files and it cannot get them into the dorm. As a... I <laughs> got coughed out. As a student quietly tipped her into a trophy room, they stumble across the caretaker Filch. Malfoy has tricked them into uh, being out of bed and warned Filch that the students would be entering the trophy room. Harry and Ron and Hermione never run, never, run <laughs> from Filch as they find themselves in the forbidden third floor corridor just with Filch a few steps behind them. Hermione is dispelled to open the door only to find themselves face to face with the monstrous three-headed dog. Harry quickly opens the door again and they escape just in time. Some how the four students step their way find their step their way back to the Gryffindor Tower, find their way back to the Gryffindor Tower without being caught and collapse terrified in the common room. Hermione reapproaches Harry and Ron for leaving the dorm in the first place and mentions them passing a three-headed dog which is standing in a trapdoor. Harry realizes that the dog must be guarding the mysterious packet from Vault 313. So yeah, um sick. Never. Never never on the bottom. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you do something? Yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> um, we could just read like a little bit. So, yeah, let's pass it maybe. Yeah. Okay, so at this point in the novel, novel, I knew you said novel. In this point in the novel. 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 <laughs> Though Harry is unique in many ways, he is still an ordinary boy. He is not successful in all of his classes. Fails like several of his teachers. What a fail. So I'm bad at school. I don't like you. So normal. <laughs> and he struggles with his magical assignments just as much as other students in the class. In classic li- literary tradition, the hero of such a narrative... Narrative, oh okay, would have remarkable power and skills. Oh, narrative. Rowling's novel, however, Harry's heroic characterization. Who's Rowling? Who's Rowling? Rowling. Oh, Rowling. Who's Rowling? Who's Rowling? Who's Harry Potter again? Oh, yeah. Harry's heroic characterization is a result of his personal determination and courage rather than his inherent magical gifts. 
As a result, not only is Harry an unlikely hero, but he's much more appealing to young readers. He appeals. <laughs> he's Appeal. like, I'm appealing. Um, <laughs> I'm appealing. Rolling does not... Who is this rolling guy? Anyways, does choose to incorporate one exceptional skill in Harry's character's character's characterization. Flying. Although he has never been on a bloom bloom tick broomstick between Madame Hooch's inductorial flying class. Anyways, Harry is already well beyond his classmates in terms of flying expertise. Unlike Malfoy, who uses his flying skills to show off, Harry only recover discovers his incredible talent because he is trying to achieve Neville's memorial. It almost seems if Harry's sudden flying skills is rewarding for his compassionate nature and loyalty towards his friends. Still, Rowling limits Harry's unique skill <laughs> unique skills to this ta- single talent and similar similarly 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 prevents Ron and Hermione from prov- prov- possessing a surplus of magical skill. In this way, Rowling prese- prevents Harry from becoming arrogant or e- egocentric in his role as a hero that, and also makes his friendship with Ron and Hermione more convincing. Okay, I'm just going to say something here. Compassion- compassionate nature. Okay, so he picks a fight with Malfoy in a bathroom. It's like, all right, when all he's right. just standing there crying. <laughs> like, man, that wimp. <laughs> fight you now. And it makes him, like, bleed out his soul or stuff. Yeah. Okay. Harry's accidental discovery of a forbidden. Okay, Harry's accidental discovery of a forbidden third floor corridor continues. Um, the important plot element of the mysterious package from Vault 713. The initial introduction of this package in the narrative is so insignificant that three readers, along with Harry, could easily assume that it will not play a major role in the novel. But it does. But so Harry it will does. assume that it won't play a significant <laughs> Harry's like, I'm in a novel and I know this won't play a significant part in this novel. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because that makes sense. So, yeah, of Harry's realisation that the three-headed dog is standing guard over it, the package takes on a far more significant meaning in the context of the plot. From that point onward, the mysterious package becomes the driving force of narrative, prompting Harry, Ron and Hermione to research Nicholas Flamel. Nicholas Flamel! Oh, Learn about the Sorcerer's Stone and eventually realise that Voldemort's going to try to steal it. Uh-oh. Okay, this is a bit random. But the last one, where Harry Potter dies from a bit. From the Sorcerer's Stone. Spoiler alert! He gets a choice to live. Does everyone get that? I don't you Does everyone see Dumbledore when they die? Yeah. Be like, you know, Dumbledore. If you have a choice to live again, surely everybody would choose to live. Harry's parents should have chosen to live. Yeah, why didn't they see Dumbledore? And why didn't they use the time turner to go back and see him? Questions. 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 Kind of messed it up with all the time turner and stuff. Yeah. I remember when they said, like, I can't remember what it exactly was called, but it's like Ron says it's like the, the law of something that you can't transfigurate food or something. I mean, I swear I remember a bit of a did transfigurate. Imagine all of the food. Like, I was thinking in um, the TV show I was watching, they like blew things up, like made the food bigger. 
But what happened if you like poked the food? Would it just be air inside, like at the bit which they blew up, or would it actually be food? Oh yeah. Questions. Anyways, um, to prevent the presence of the sorcerer stone in Hogwarts also adds an element of mystery and suspense to the plot, as well as an adventure and horror. As well as adventure and horror, instead. Instead of the novel just about a young boy's first year at magical school, magic school, the text becomes more about Harry's detective skills and a race against time to find the Sorcerer's Stone before Voldemort than, uh, than the description of magical courses and Harry's exposure of the, to the world of magic. Then incorporating it later in the plot, Rowland's arts artfully, artfully constructs a narrative thread that is integral of the entire web story. When Harry goes into a Fred Brock corridor, he's all, he also demonstrates his slightly rebellious nature. Rebellious. Such a rebel. <laughs> such a rebel, such a rebel. Become a significant aspect of his personality in his book. His, this book, not his book. Kind of is his. On his book. <laughs> as well as in the later books in the series. Harry's willing to adhere the school rules most of the time. But he also feels no guilt in breaking the rules in certain situations. For example, when Harry flies off to Malfoy to retrieve Neville, Neville's rememberal, and he is, he, <sighs> he is disobeying direct order by Madame Hooch. Yet his sense of justice, compassion, and loyalty overpower his concern for breaking rules. The ends justify the means. What? The ends justify the means. Justify the means in this particular case. In this particular case, Harry only enters forbidden third floor corridor by accident. Still, Rowling uses the instant, this instance to what I know the concept of cash, casuality. <sighs> I can't talk. Casuality that will often determine Harry's course of action in the novel, despite the consequences. I think that J.K. J.K. Rowling should have um, bought our book from like Ron's point of view. So like the first book, but from Ron's point of view. Yeah. I would buy that. They I bought from that. the first Twilight, didn't they? <laughs> Edward's <laughs> point of view. <laughs> I read it was so I long, I barely understood it. I was reading a book one time and it was like, so there was the main character and then the main character's best friend and it kept switching between their point of view and I kept getting so confused. I was like, wait a minute, she was just in the park and now she's like back at home. I'm like, the hell? <laughs> Why is this so confusing? Anyway, so that is the summary and analysis of chapters eight and nine. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I know we just realised how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll leave the...